Let us stand in body and or in spirit as we listen for the good news. Today's gospel is from John 15, verses 1 through 8. I am the real vine, and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. And every branch that is grape-bearing, he prunes back so it will bear more, even more. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relationship, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves a home with me, and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my Father shows who he is, when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. The word of the Lord. Has anybody told you today that you're the beloved of God? Oh, you are? Beloved sons, beloved daughters. So the scriptures that Carolyn read today are about uh, from, from John, the 15th chapter, in which Jesus says, I am the true vine, and God is the farmer. You are the branches. Abide in me. He also said there's going to be some pruning involved. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid and I heard that story, I thought, well, God, I'm trying to do the best I can. Why do you keep pruning? Why do you keep cutting things? I've come to learn that God prunes things we don't need anymore. We just don't need it. We don't always realize that. But looking back on it, we realize, oh, I, I didn't need that in the first place. It, it served me well up into a certain point in my life, but I don't really need that anymore. And the pruning that God does sometimes is very helpful. And it's not done in any vindictive or punishing way. It's really done to help provide more fruit because God wants us to bear fruit. I've also realized that sometimes God does the pruning Sometimes life does the pruning. And sometimes snowstorms do the pruning. How many of you lost some limbs in your yards? <laughs> yeah, look around, Methodists. Look at all the, everybody. We all lost some limbs. I, uh, <laughs> I was taking some limbs from, uh, from our yard at the parsonage and cutting them up so that they would fit in the back of our minivan and doing numerous runs to, to the dump in town. In fact, one, on one load, I was throwing them onto the pile. The pile was enormous. Have you been to the dump recently? It is an enormous pile of limbs. And as I'm pulling them out, I hear, hey, Jeff? 
And it was Glenn. So Glenn and I were just having this great conversation about all the limbs we got, and we were sharing our battle wounds and <laughs> where we got scraped up. Um, if the scriptures were written specifically for Chatham, it would say something like this. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire, or put to the curbside, or if you miss the deadline, brought to the dump. It's so easy to be disconnected from the true vine. It's so easy to become disconnected from the church for various reasons. Sometimes a pastor or a parishioner says something insensitive or we step on a toe and we don't even realize we've done it and people leave or people just leave because of busyness or they're going to something else going on on Sunday morning and then the next Sunday morning there's something else going and then nobody calls them and they feel like, well, I don't make a difference anyway to this church or that church. And after the third week, it's harder and harder to come back. It's so easy to feel and become disconnected from the church. And maybe that's some word to us today. Maybe we need to just look around and say, who, who of, our, of our friends are not here today? And just call them up. And just say, hey, I was thinking about you. How are you? But being disconnected from God, we're never disconnected from God. We may become disconnected from our relationship with God, which is a give and take. But God is always with us. But sometimes we don't sense God's presence. Sometimes we don't Invest in our relationship with God. And that is what Jesus is pointing to in this particular passage. Jesus says, abide in me. Abide. This is a wonderful word that Jesus is saying, stay close to me. Stay in relationship with me. In fact, he says, make your home with me. So that there's constant give and take so that we are constantly in the flow of Christ's love and constantly bearing fruit. And that which doesn't bear fruit, we don't need anymore. And God can trim that. Now, I don't know about you. Perhaps you are already feeling a sense of being connected with Christ. If Christ is the vine and we are the branches, perhaps we feel absolutely grafted in, connected to the vine. If that is the case, praise God and keep doing what you're doing. Whatever it is that keeps you abiding in Christ, keep doing it. If you are sensing that you're in a season of your life where perhaps what once grounded you in Christ is no longer keeping you feeling connected, then this sermon is for you. If you're already feeling like you are abiding in Christ, you can tune me out. You can pick up the scriptures or a hymnal and just 
glean something else. But if you are in a space where you're feeling disconnected, I have five potential ways that may help us abide in Christ. The first, pray. One of my mentors in the prayer life said, Jeff, pray as you can. Don't pray as you can't. What he was saying was there's many ways to pray. If there's 7.5 billion human beings on this planet, give or take a few hundred million, there's probably 7.5 billion ways to pray. Whatever way you pray, keep praying. If you're looking for a new way of praying, keep exploring. The confirmands were here on Friday night into Saturday, and uh, it was, I tell you what, there's 11 confirmands in our confirmation class, all wonderful people, really good and faithful and fun people. At, at one point in our uh, devotions, on Friday night, I asked the confirmants, I said, how many of you have mindfulness class in school? Because I remember having a cup of coffee with the superintendent of schools a few years ago, and he said, Jeff, you know, I'm going to institute mindfulness in the curriculum. I said, who's going to teach it? He said, the phys ed teachers. Now, some phys ed teachers, I trust, have a spiritual life and know what mindfulness is from their own personal being. Others It may just be curriculum that they have to teach. I asked the youth, I said, how many of you have mindfulness? And then I asked, is it meaningful? Some of them said, well, you know, it's kind of a nice time to close your eyes and go to sleep. (laughs) I love their honesty. I said, sometimes sleep is the purest form of meditation. (laughs) Nudge your neighbor now and say, wake up. I said, have you ever had that where you really feel something spiritual is going on. And they said, not really. Later on that night, we walked into the sanctuary in the dark. It was quite beautiful. The candles were lit. And we all sat in the back row of chairs there. And we had a guided meditation. Guided mindfulness. Mindfulness is what we Christians call prayer or contemplative prayer, or meditation. And after about 20 minutes of this guided meditation, in the dark, with the candles lit, and we sang, and we rang the the prayer bells, I said, what did you feel? And they said, I felt comforted. I felt relaxed. I felt like I need to do this more. I felt connected. That's what some of the confirmation class said. Friends, pray about this. I'm thinking of starting a Mindfulness 101 class in the fall here at the Chatham United Methodist Church. Because I've heard some of you say, even in our corporate world, they're teaching mindfulness. Friends, this has been entrusted to the church for 2,000 years. And sometimes we unwrap the gift. And other times, we leave it wrapped. Please let me know on the way out of church today if you think there's an interest in our congregation or beyond our congregation to have a a once-a-month Mindfulness 101 class, basic mindfulness, but from a Christian 
context. Number two, show up. Just show up to church events. That's how we stay connected. Pastor Sharon was saying that to Milo. Sometimes just showing up helps us stay connected to the true vine. Sometimes it's coming to worship, seeing the big picture that we are small, a small part of God's big picture. And we need to be reminded of that. Sometimes showing up to church is just being reminded that we're the beloved of God. And it's not because we've earned it or deserved it, but because of who God is. Sometimes it's showing up to a fellowship opportunity. Please put this on your calendars. May 6th, Sunday night, next Sunday night, we're going to gather together around a fire pit. We're going to roast marshmallows, make s'mores, sing a song or two, have a question that helps us get to know one another, and maybe grow closer to one another and to God. We're hoping this can be intergenerational. We're hoping this can be something we invite our friends to. It's at 7.15 in the evening. We'll finish at 8.15 in the evening so that kids and youth have time to go home and either get to bed or do their homework. Just show up. Pray, show up. Third, practice generosity. When we practice generosity, we put ourselves in the flow of God because God is a generous God. God gives us life and breath and being and love. And beauty and creation. God is a generous God. When we practice generosity, it puts us in the flow of God. At a church meeting recently, a friend of mine said, You know, I don't quite understand why when when Pastor Sharon invites us to give, and by the way, I'm so grateful that Pastor Sharon does that. Pastor Sharon, if you notice, she ties in things that are going on on Sunday morning with the invitation to give and makes that connection. But this friend of mine said, I don't quite know why she says to take out our smartphones. (laughs) Well, our stewardship committee has discovered an app that we've been using called Joyfully, the number two, UMC. Joyfully to UMC. You open that app up, you find Chatham United Methodist Church, you can give to the Lord's work here through that app. And we want to normalize that it's okay to take out your smartphone in the sanctuary. Even if your mothers or fathers say, hey, put that away. You can say, I'm giving to God. (laughs) Generosity. Practice generosity. Fourth way, serve. Do you know Today is the day not only that the Lord has made, but that the Lord has prepared us for. Family promise is coming today. Our guests who are temporarily homeless are coming into our church today. And we have been given the great opportunity and the good fortune and blessing to prepare food for them, to make beds for them, to make rooms downstairs comfortable for them, to welcome them as we would welcome Christ. There's a sign-up sheet down the hall across from my office. If you would like to help out, we still need people to be disciples. But 
When we do that, it's so much more than preparing a meal. It's so much more than staying overnight. It's so much more than providing hospitality. It's staying connected to Christ. It's abiding in Christ. And Christ just might meet us in the guise of our guests. And the fifth way that we abide in Christ is to talk about Christ with people we know and trust, with people whose wisdom we are seeking out. You know, sometimes people come to me almost in the cover of darkness, kind of like Nicodemus. Do you remember that story of Nicodemus coming to Jesus in the cover of darkness and saying, uh, Jesus, uh, can, we, can we talk about faith? Sometimes I sense it's almost embarrassing for people, even church-going folks, to talk about faith. But you know what happens? The more we talk about faith in ways that are appropriate, in ways that are authentic, in ways that are not judgmental, in ways that are inclusive of all people, when we talk about faith, we grow in faith. That's why the small group ministries that we offer is so important. That's why even fire pit ministries are so important. That's why talking about more than just the weather or the game when we're having coffee down the hall. It's an opportunity to talk about our faith. That may help keep us abiding in Christ. If these five things sound familiar, confirmation class. (laughs) Do you remember I said when we had our rehearsal for confirmation Sunday, which is going to be May 20th, And I said that the the 1989 hymnal has changed. We used to have membership, meaning prayers, presence, gifts, service. But then our denomination realized we had to add a fifth, and we added witness. What I just shared with you, those five ways to abide in Christ, that's what United Methodists have discovered over the years. Keep us connected to the true vine. Keep us in the flow of God's love to support this church with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Friends, wherever we are in the pilgrimage of trust, whether we feel connected to God or not, God is connected to us. Our invitation is to look around and say, God, I want to be more connected to you. May it be so for you and for me. And for the 7.5 billion of us that walk upright on this planet. Amen.